Welcome to Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. Join our host, Jacob Koenig, a partner at Woodbridge International, as he gives you the knowledge to navigate complexities, embrace strategic shifts, and prepare you to sell your business with no regrets. At Woodbridge, we know how to give you the wisdom to achieve your ultimate success. And now, here's your host, Jacob Koenig. All right, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Chris Tatchy. He's the CEO and founder of DC Materials. Chris, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Jacob. I appreciate it. Perfect. So, look, first off, congratulations on DC Materials being recognized uh, as the 539th fastest growing private company in the U.S., and actually the third in Wisconsin, according to uh, the 2023 Inc. 5000 rankings. Could you share with us some of the, the key strategies that contributed to this remarkable growth? Sure, of course. Um, so we're a framing labor and materials provider in the multifamily space. So we frame, do carpentry labor to build uh, wood apartment buildings. In Wisconsin, we're unique in that Typically, a general contractor, if they want to build a large wood building, they'll contract with a labor-only provider who purchase material from a lumber yard. We sort of, we work outside of that model hmm. and we provide our own material along with our labor. It happens a lot in the Southern United States, yeah. um, West Coast, East Coast, but we're the only ones in Wisconsin who are doing it. Yeah. And so having been introduced to that, sort of business model uh, four or five years ago, I started forging the relationships that I needed to uh, to start supplying my own material, hmm. buying wholesale. Because of our uniqueness, there's some extra value we can bring to our customers, guaranteeing schedule, right. uh, finding some value engineering opportunities right. where our competitors are limited. And so because of the uniqueness in our market, uh, obviously exponential growth. I bet around the pandemic when all the uh, the supply chain issues were happening, this was a huge advantage for you. Because our competitors on the lumber side are traditional lumber yards and they're holding a lot of inventory mm-hmm. on the way up, they did pretty well. Yeah. But on the way down, yeah. I was actually, I should say, throughout the fluctuations of the price of material, I could be more agile. And when mm-hmm. The cost material went down quickly. I didn't have to average down. So yeah, absolutely. We took the benefits of that. We got burned on a few jobs where we we held price risk and and our customers got the prices we quoted, but it all kind of evened out. It was a heck of a ride for a guy learning how to buy and sell lumber. Yeah, I bet. You know, when when we're bringing companies to market, uh, we often do see these these points coming up about where do prices normalize and how do we think about things going forward and especially around the pandemic all of the the shifts there it was a, it was a difficult period and, and difficult to to try and figure out you know what what's the actual right way to look at at a company going forward and absolutely what's the baseline what's exactly the new baseline maybe right. so, yeah absolutely have you seen a, a felt a permanent shift since the pandemic on the material side most of the people in the lumber industry sort of felt that there was going to be a new low price for material. We do board feet per thousand. So it used to be 300 board feet per thousand. Uh, and it was kind of that way for a long, long time. Everyone was speculating that 500 or 450 uh, right. per thousand. 
but that's not the case. Lumber sort of has bottomed out. It bottomed out at the end of October and it's, it's returned to basically normal conditions. Pre-pandemic. Uh, yeah. 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 Was back. Yep. That's right. Excellent. And so, you know, you've had a, a, an interesting journey, you know, from carpenter to now industry innovator. I'm sure. curious to hear some of the, what are some of the pivotal moments there are decisions that, that propelled you to take risks and, and establish DC materials? Yeah, yeah. Um, in 2014, I got involved with uh, an association, the National Framers Council. Hmm. A lot of successful guys that I would say categorize as professional framing contractors. Yeah. So me, I'm, a, I'm this guy, I'm out on my own for 20 years. I'm wearing a tool belt every day. Mm-hmm. And I meet these other framers, mostly from the mid-Atlantic, and uh, and they're businessmen. I mean, they work in offices all day and, you know, emails, paperwork, all that kind of stuff. And that was really interesting to me. And what was different was these guys are supplying their own material. Right. Not just that, but bringing a different level of professionalism to my trade that I hadn't seen in Wisconsin, right? Uh, Being able to work really early with general contractors and developers, uh, add value beyond just delivering a building. That was very eye-opening. And then just starting to understand what I could buy material for against what the retail and the market was selling it to these general contractors for. Saw a real opportunity to to move from trying to profit off of labor, which is difficult, right? Buildings in Wisconsin, 20, 10, 20 degrees out. So rather than trying to profit off of the labor, mm-hmm. making our profit on the lumber and basically almost treating the labor side of it as a pass-through, you know, we'll make a little bit of money on the labor, but we spend most of that money making right. sure we're paying for the best labor. Yeah. So it's, it's worked out really well. Exactly. Yeah, I got to have the quality uh, carpenters out there, the people who know what they're doing to have, Absolutely. A, have a home that people want to move into or, or whatever other types of buildings. Yeah, 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 that's right. But what are the majority of the buildings that you do build for? So uh, they're apartment buildings. They're generally four stories, anywhere from 60,000 to 300,000 square feet. Last year, we framed 1.5 million square feet. Wow. Uh, this year we will frame 1.2 million square feet and looking to do a little more than that in 2024. I understand that you guys are actually planning an expansion with another hundred thousand square feet to your lumber yard and some new office space. We are. Yeah. We're opening up, uh, per- so all of our growth was through the pandemic. And so right. we've all been working from home. <laughs> um, <laughs> Right. And so now, now we're expanding our lumber yard and yeah, building out office space. We're going to have everybody in the same location and we're going to be able to add some office staff to be able to streamline things and, and sort of help our growth. So yeah, it's a, it's a great milestone for us. Yeah, it's exciting times. And um, I mean, from your perspective and labor being a, a point of contention in a lot of places uh, across the U.S., have you seen labor markets tightening? Is that putting any kind of strains on uh, on future plans? Uh, not for us. We have our own carpenter employees. We yeah. also use subcontractors. And there's a lot of things we do with our subcontractors to make sure that mm-hmm. if they're not busy, we're the first ones they call looking for work. We pay weekly. We pay quickly. If there's a sort of a gray area dispute, usually we go into our pocket for them to make sure it gets done. And so we're always top of the list when the labor pool is available. Excellent. Yeah. 
And so uh, we talked a little bit uh, before as well, but I, I know we actually had uh, Woodbridge, uh, a company that was in the pallet space. We sold to a, a lumber company up in uh, in Canada earlier this year. Sure. You know, there's been a lot of consolidation across the lumber space. Have you seen much uh, in, in that? Have, has anyone ever contacted you? Uh, you know, um, I get the LinkedIn drip campaign messages. And yeah, absolutely. Anybody who's in a business leadership position in construction right now is is very aware of all the M&A that's happening. You know, we I go to conferences and everybody's talking about what kind of multipliers so-and-so got for their trust manufacturing facility or component uh, facility. So yeah, we're seeing we're seeing it all over the place. It's been interesting. It's a hot topic of speculation, particularly in Wisconsin. We saw USLBM come in and buy up uh, Wisconsin Building Supply. That's been interesting. One of our local wholesalers, Amherart, recently got purchased by another by another wholesale lumber company. It's a very interesting time, and sort of what I think it all. And this could be a little bit long-winded, so I'll try to keep it short. In 2017, McKenzie published a report basically saying construction's ripe for yeah. innovation. And I think a lot of venture capital got involved after that came out and basically wanted to own market share for whenever the solution to the housing problems, you know, whatever it happened to be, we want to own part of that, Right. And so sort of been off to the races since then, there's been a lot of new ideas, a lot of new innovations, a lot of opportunities for people with their ideas to start up companies. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting, interesting time. For sure. Yeah. You know, being on the uh, the National Framers Council and the steering committee as well mm-hmm. as on the board there yep. um, and the board of the Structural Building Components Association as well. I'm, I'm curious to hear how those roles um, contribute both to your leadership at DC Materials and, and sort of what other industry-wide initiatives you're involved in. Sure. I'm a huge advocate of getting involved in associations for whatever you're doing for a living. You know, four times a year, I get together with my colleagues from the National Framers Council, and these are the best framing contractors in the country. And we're we're not in each other's markets, so we're completely open to sharing ideas, what we're doing new, our thoughts on where the industry's going, and sort of being able to work with those guys to drive new ideas. Because the stuff that we're doing now in our businesses, it sort of trickles down to guys building single family. Uh, The Structural Building Components Association is the association that sort of governs the installation of wood roof trusses and floor trusses uh, in North America. One of the more interesting initiatives and place things I've been able to affect recently mm-hmm. is the installation instructions for wood roof trusses. Uh, we're taking a new look at that. Mm-hmm. And the way that the SBCA dictates to framing contractors like me on how to use their products, I'm able to have a voice in reshaping that process. And then it's a process that takes a lot of time and can be a little bit dangerous for framers. So being able to influence those kinds of things is, yeah. is a really great opportunity for me. Making the things more efficient and, and both safer for uh, the employees, but also more efficient for the businesses. Yeah. And, uh, and just collaborating with right. the people who supply the products that we as framers interact with on a daily basis 
when the building component safety instructions is the document we're dealing with was first published, it was component builders putting these documents together. We didn't have a voice at the table. And so right. it's an honor and it's uh, to be able to sort of be the voice of framers in yeah. that space. Absolutely. And so looking ahead, uh, I'm curious to hear what what's your vision for the future? How do you plan to continue? Continue innovating in the construction industry and sure. fostering collaboration as we've been doing. Yeah, um, as far as DC materials goes, our our lumberyard expansion is going to allow us to do more offsite construction. We're building stair stair cassettes, exterior decks, building different parts and pieces of the buildings we supply offsite. You know, in the world of M and A, labor only or yeah. Uh, labor only isn't a super desirable company to sell, right? I don't necessarily have any intention of, I don't have any plans mm-hmm. to go out to market with my business at the moment, but mm-hmm. certainly being able to f- do some fabrication in-house and have the facilities to support that, things that I'm very aware are attractive to mm-hmm. a potential buyer, right? And so sort of making sure we're shaping those pieces the right way for the future. If that's a decision we want to make is very important. Uh, Nationally, I spend a lot of time mentoring, coaching, talking with other framing contractors from around the country. It's a passion of mine. So I sort of have this very open door policy. Anybody who gets in contact with me, I try to make sure that we get a chance to get on the phone together. So Yeah. yeah, just continuing to try to be influential in my corner of the world yeah you know and, and your experience having been hands-on and and uh you know working yourself as a carpenter yeah you know, you're absolutely right good. yeah it helps add credibility i'm not just some guy who's uh coming in from the outside i'm not some consultant who doesn't know what's going on i i've done it and i i know i know the ups and downs of the industry yeah and your point before as well about having uh you know, no plans yet to look at, at potential um, next steps for, for your career, but to have that in mind, you know, building the company with, with the end in mind is something that we often look at. And, and that's what's going to make a process when it, whenever that day does come much yeah. smoother and, and easier and, and really getting the most for well, you. Well, it's a years, it's a years long process, right. right? I mean, if you want to do it right, uh, it's something you have to always be cognizant of. If I ever do decide that's the path I want to go down, you know, I'd call you, Jacob, and and you'd start asking me a list of questions, and I want to be able to say I've got those things squared away, right? Exactly. <laughs> it's gonna get, uh, it's gonna help me get maximum value and lower the stress, certainly on what is a stressful transaction, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of the most stressful things that we find is is when the numbers are all over the place and the accounting is is off and to ha- try and figure things out on the fly as you're talking to buyers. And- you, you know, um, just coming from a, con- you know, as a construction guy, one of the best decisions I made very early a few years ago is I hired a really good accountant as an employee and it was an expense that I didn't need at the time. I could have, I could have managed my QuickBooks account, whatever, just fine. But when I meet with my CPA, he always gushes over how well my books are in order compared to other people in my industry, in my world. So it it was a great decision. Excellent. Well, Chris, that was all I had planned to ask for you today, but is there anything else that you wanted to share with our audience before we finished? 
Boy, uh, I'm on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> All good. If uh, if we just want to say goodbye, that's that's fine as well. No, you know, um, I think change is coming to the construction industry, and the people in M and A uh, know it and see it. I tend to think the change is going to be a little more, a little slower than others. I think it's going to be a ten to twenty year process, but there's definitely a problem with housing in America. We need more affordable houses. We need more houses in general. And so I think M&A in that whole world is also helping drive that solution. I think it's a good time to be in construction. Excellent. I think that's a great note to leave on then. Uh, Chris Tatchy, DC Materials, thanks so much for joining us today. Jacob, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to another episode of Secrets to Selling Your Business, the podcast for entrepreneurs and business owners looking to unlock the secrets behind successful business transitions. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's guest and their insights. If you like what you heard, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts.